At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into Rush Hour, ladies and gentlemen, presented by Bet Rivers, of course. And I'm Danny Burke, your host here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook on this Wednesday evening. Thank you for being with us. We got a great show planned for you. Throughout the next hour, in just a few moments, we will be welcoming on NBA editor over at Rotowire, Nick Whalen, to discuss some of the top plays for tonight's NBA slate in the big Bulls game. A desperately needed victory for them tonight. We'll see if he thinks they can get the job done at home against the Cavaliers. 15 minutes from now, how about host of the Detroit City Cast, Dan Leach, will be joining us. It's been a little bit since we've get, had Dan on the show, and look, we got to get uh, we got to get all his thoughts for the NFL postseason and see what he thinks maybe about the Bears head coach in Canada. See, see if he's got his two cents involved in the situation. Half hour from now, Dave Ross, fellow VEASAN host, he's got plenty to dish out in terms of his top plays for the divisional round in the NFL. I know we already shared some earlier throughout the day, so we'll recap some of those in case you missed it. And, hey, maybe we'll ask him about the Bears, too. He covered the team extensively when he was here in the Windy City. Now he's out in the West Coast, but we'll be excited to talk with Dave in a half hour. Then at the end of the show, same drill per usual. We got a couple best bets to look forward to. One in the NBA tonight, and then another... It's going to be what we talked about a little bit yesterday. I don't want to give it away completely, but we'll be involved in that Packers and 49ers matchup. So we'll let you know what that is in 45 minutes. But let's go ahead and welcome in Nick Whalen, who you can follow on the tweets at Whalen instead of the L. It's a one with his Twitter handle. Great coverage when it comes to the association. So, Nick, thank you, as always, for making some time tonight. Let's get right into it with this big slate this evening, and let's begin with the Nets and the Wizards, tip-off going to be 6 p.m. Central time, and people may be looking at this game, kind of scratching their head, going, well, why is Brooklyn only catching a point here? And the total seems about right, pretty high, 234. But give us the in-depth analysis on this game and why the line is where it is and where you may be looking to bet it. Well, the obvious thing is one team, the Washington Wizards, are now fully healthy, and that includes guys like Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, who missed a ton of time, to begin the year, everybody's back for Washington. And on the other side, of course, Brooklyn is without Kevin Durant. So you still have uh, Kyrie Irving and James Harden active for this game, but you're missing KD. You're still without Joe Harris, who's had that long-term ankle absence. Nicholas Claxton, who's developed into a nice young big man for the Nets, also out tonight. So that explains the line. And of course, this game is taking place in Washington, D.C. Brooklyn is 2-2 two and two with Kyrie in the lineup in those four games. If you look at the totals, though, they're scoring a lot of points, and they're also giving up a ton of points in those games. They've given up at least 112 in all four. They've scored 107, 108, 129, and 138. So it's been up and down basketball since Kyrie was back in the mix. Obviously, we don't have a great sample size of what this team looks like without Kevin Durant. He's only missed one game so far. Uh, in that game, they started Patty Mills, essentially, as the, the nominal small forward. Went super small in that one, kind of offensively focused. 
you know, I, you, you mentioned this high total, Danny. It's at 234. It's a really high number, but the way that Brooklyn's played since Kyrie's been in the lineup and, and taking Kevin Durant away, I don't really think that really changes anything. I'm tempted to go over on this number. I mean, neither of these teams, you know, play a ton of defense. Both teams love moving the ball up and down the floor. They're both top 10 in pace over the last 10 games. I'm not quite sure, you know, how I feel about this line. You know, it's essentially a pick 'em, but I, I'm kind of leaning towards taking this over. Yeah, it really seems impossible to think the other way. I feel like it would be an automatic over or stay away as opposed to betting the under, considering you have the high offense with the Nets. And we know the Wizards' defense not the strong. I mean, both defenses really continuously not showing up, and it's just who can outscore the other opponent. So it may be one of those situations where it's like how high can you go and you'd still look to betting this thing over. So I'm sure there will be plenty of points featured in Washington with the Wizards and the Nets. Maybe not the same case, per se, in Boston with the Celtics taking on the Hornets. The next game I want to discuss with you, Nick. And this spread we're seeing at 3.5 in favor of Boston. The total at 219.5. You know, to me, this Boston squad is is pretty tough to handicap this season. They're really not playing that great on a consistent basis. But I, I think we, can, we were really expecting that going into this year after how they ended things last season. But how do you think they fare tonight against Charlotte as a three-and-a-half-point home favorite? Yeah, I mean, the Celtics have been so, so hard to read of late, but they have they have kind of turned things around, right? I mean, they're 7-3 and three straight up in their last 10. So, you know, that really rough stretch that they went through around the end of December, uh, they seem to have at least kind of moved past that. And, and I should say, Danny, right before we hopped on, Robert Williams was ruled out of this game. So I'm actually seeing the line uh, move a little bit in favor of Charlotte. You're going to see it at Celtics now minus three in some places. Yeah, that's a big loss for Boston. He was not on the initial injury report. He's just out with a personal matter. I uh, had a child earlier this week, so it doesn't look like it's going to be anything long-term. But, you know, all of a sudden, that means you're asking more out of Al Horford. You're asking more out of Grant Williams. Uh, this isn't a super deep Celtics team. You have a lot of guys who, you know, are recent first-round picks, but they just haven't played a ton, and they don't seem to be trusted uh, by this team. So, you know, losing someone like Robert Williams, who gives you 30 to 35 minutes, that's a big deal for me. So, you know, I was kind of prepared to say I, I liked Boston. I like the direction that they're moving, but that does change things a little bit. And, you know, the Hornets have also played well of late. They're seven and three straight up in their last 10 as well. They have some impressive wins. They beat Milwaukee twice in three days recently. They won at Philly. They won at New York on Monday. They won at Denver recently. Uh, they cover at the best rate in the league at home, but they're just 13 and 13 against the spread on the road. Uh, they are 20 and 13 against the spread this season as an underdog. However, and Boston sub 500 against the spread as a favorite, take Robert Williams out of the equation. And, you know, and again, it makes me question things. I, I think I may be leaning Charlotte here now, Danny. Yeah, Hornets a fun team to watch this season. And like we said, I mean, Boston has been looking better as of late, but Robert Williams, certainly a big loss considering he's not going to be in tonight. And you still can't get that three and a hook at Bet Rivers. So if you're agreeing with Nick, which you probably want to most of the time, I think you want to jump on that sooner rather than later. All right, Dick, the big game tonight for us here in the Windy City, the Bulls and the Cavs, and, man, the Bulls desperately need this game. I mean, they've been struggling so much. I was ranting on the Chicago City cast earlier today. I'm like, is this team just cursed? I mean, ever since I was born, I mean, because I caught, you know, I was born in 96, so obviously, technically, I was alive during the tail end of the Jordan era, but it doesn't really count for me as a fan. After that, it's just been a stream of bad luck from Derrick Rose to, I, you know, just dealing with Jim Boylan and everything. And now you get a good team, and now we're dealing with so many injuries. They're getting on this bad streak. They're catching three and a half tonight against Cleveland, who you and I were just talking about. It's a tough adjustment to see them as a good team once again. 
Do you trust the Bulls to finally get that dub against a solid team tonight? Yeah, well, well, first of all, I'm glad you found a way to work Jim Boylan into this. I was, I was hoping we'd be able to talk <laughs> about him. But, no, you're right. I mean, the Cavaliers are they're a really good team. I mean, they recently passed my Milwaukee Bucks for fourth place in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, we're coming up on the 50-game mark in the season. And in my mind, it's still like, oh, at some point, the Cavs are going to revert to being the Cavs that we thought they are. I mean, they're on pace to double, if not more than double, you know, their Vegas win total from the preseason. I mean, this is really turning into like an all-time out-of-nowhere great season for the Cavaliers. And, and by now, of course, we have to expect them. You know, I would love to tell you that the Bulls are going to bounce back and Nikola Vucevic is going to go for 50 tonight and they're going to win by 30. But I don't know, man. I, I mean, the Bulls have dropped four in a row. They had those two, you know, back-to-back -back blowouts against Brooklyn and Golden State, just complete no-shows in those games. They most recently lost at Boston uh, and then at Memphis on MLK Day. Um, I mean, the Cavs come in, they've won five in a row straight up. They, Like I said, they passed Milwaukee for fourth in the Eastern Conference. And they won the previous meeting all the way back on December 8th against Chicago by 23 points. That one was in Cleveland, granted, but still a, a definitive win for the Cavaliers. And I'll throw some more numbers out to you uh, about this Bulls team. The defense has fallen off a cliff of late. They have the worst defense in the NBA over the last five games. Small sample, sure, but we're looking at a defensive rating of almost 121 points per 100. That is not good at all. The Cavs, meanwhile, top 10 in offense and defense during that span. You know, Chicago should get Alex Caruso back for this game. He's not on the injury report, but probably going to be playing limited minutes. You know, probably not a guy who single-handedly, you know, helps your defensive rating by 15 points. Um, and then going back to the Cavs, over their last 10, they're third in the NBA in points in the paint. Obviously, they run out a big lineup. They have Kevin Love contributing off the bench. The Bulls are dead last in the NBA in points in the paint allowed over that span. A lot of numbers, Danny, pointing in favor of the Cavs tonight. Yeah, and the line's moving that way now up to three and a half. And how can we forget to mention the Laurie Markin and Revenge game coming back to the oh, UC? Yeah. His points prop 13 and a half if you want to jump in on that action. Uh, Nick, we got about a minute remaining. Your Milwaukee Bucks tonight, six and a half point favorites against the Red Hot Grizzlies. John Morant has been going off. You think he will do enough to cover that number tonight? I don't think so. I think this is a good spot for Milwaukee to, to finally have a get right game. And unfortunately, you know, it, it's going to take several absences from the Grizzlies for Milwaukee to get there. I mean, no Desmond Bain, no Kyle Anderson, no Tyus Jones, of course, no Dylan Brooks. Uh, they had a bunch of players enter COVID protocols this week. So you're getting a, a, a greatly diminished version of this Grizzlies team. I mean, the Bucks have not looked good of late. I mean, they've dropped six out of eight. They're outside the top 10 in both offense and defense over their last 10 games. Uh, if Drew Holiday plays in this game, I really like Milwaukee's chances. They're 19 and six straight up over their last 25 games with Drew Holiday. They're three and 10 straight up on the season when Drew Holiday does not play. And, and again, the Grizzlies are missing so many guys that Milwaukee probably gets it done either way. But if we get news that Drew Holiday is for sure playing, I'm locking in the Bucks minus six and a half. All right, there you have it. Nick Whalen, folks, catches content over at Rotowire, where he serves as the NBA editor. Nick, enjoy that big slate tonight. Thank you for helping us handicap it as always. All right, thanks for having me, Danny. You got it. On Twitter, you can follow him at Whalen instead of the L. It's a one. Make sure you give him that follow. He'll get you squared away every single night with fantastic NBA coverage. And like we said, a really solid slate at that in a big game for the Bulls tonight, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm sure everyone here at the Sportsbook might be sweating out a Bulls ticket, or maybe not anymore. That's what everybody used to be doing when they were red hot, and now that they've been plagued with the injuries, it's 
It's been a different feeling here for the Chicago Bulls team, but we'll see what they can do in order of taking care of business tonight. I got to play on that game, actually, so we'll talk about that toward the end of the show during Danny's Dime segment in about a half hour or so. But coming up next, let's switch the conversation. We'll, we'll squeeze in a little bit of basketball. We'll talk Detroit Pistons. Dan Leach is joining us, and not only will he talk about his Pistons, we've got thoughts on the divisional round for the NFL postseason. Stick around. All that more coming up next. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Welcome back to Rush Hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, or you can catch me on the tweets for our next guest, the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Leach, folks. You can follow him at DanLeach971. Dan, I, I feel like it's been a while, you know? You're, you're a big celebrity now around VSIN. You're going on other shows. Everybody saw how great you were on Rush Hour. Now you're getting poached elsewhere, but we are happy to have you in our presence. So thank you for joining us. Uh, before we talk about the divisional round, Got to discuss the Pistons tonight. Got to get a little bit of Detroit action in there with you. They're on the road against the Kings catching seven tonight. Total at about 221 and a half. Did you get involved in this game, my friend? Well, it's kind of in the mind. By the way, great to see you, Danny. I never forget my roots. It's all about rush hour for me. <laughs> and happy new year to you and the whole crew. I've been saying this on the Detroit CityCast for weeks now. I think the future could be bright for the Pistons, but there's just no way you can trust this team without Jeremy Grant. With I mean, Cade, I love what Cade Cunningham is, is starting to do, uh, you know, scoring in the 20s, you know, taking over games at times. But there's just not enough bodies, not enough talent on this team. And, and it's funny, yesterday against the Warriors, the line was 15 and a half. I said, do not touch this line either side. And, of course, they won by 16, the Warriors. So, you know, the, the Pistons in a live betting situation, that's one thing because they have been a, a, a good team with, you know, let's say they're down 23 and they, you know, you're getting 25. They'll, they'll cover a live bet in the fourth quarter. But, you know, the, the Kings, they haven't really fared well in that building in a while. Uh, I just don't – there's no trust with me in the Pistons right now because they just don't have that – you know, they, there's a lack of depth, a lack of talent. You know, missing Jeremy Grant is a guy that could score, you know, you know be a double-double guy every night. Uh, that's, been, that's been a major factor too. So I, I'm going to tell people to stay away from that game. But a lot of people have been making a lot of money betting against the Pistons. That's for sure. <laughs> Yay. Same thing's been happening here with the Bulls. I mean, if you're fading them, it's been coming through lately. Hopefully it's not the case tonight for not only the Bulls, but your Pistons. But uh, we shall see, my friend. But we're also excited, like we said, to look forward to the divisional round. And you are one of the greatest minds when it comes to handicapping the NFL. I know you killed it with college football. But now that we got NFL, we got to pick your brain about this slate. And let's start on Saturday Tennessee and Cincinnati, to me, this is very, very intriguing to take the three and the hook with the Bengals. I get the argument of Tennessee off the rest of time and Derrick Henry getting back in the mix, but, man, Cincinnati's looked pretty good. Uh, what are your thoughts for this first game of the playoff slate? 
Yeah, Danny, I would never brag, but I was 6-1 and one against the spread last week, so let's just throw that out there. Only lost the silly <laughs> Cowboys. I hate that team. Uh, but no, they're, they're, these games are all super intriguing. And before we get into the, you know, the, the Bengals-Titans game that you asked about, you know, you look at week one, all the home teams won except for Dallas. This week, you could have three, if not all, the road teams win. They're all live dogs. And I look at this game, and, and you mentioned the three and the, the built-in hook with the Bengals. I love the Bengals. I've, I've, that's kind of – I've talked about this on the Detroit CityCast. That could be a blueprint for the Lions. You know, find the quarterback, build for the Lions out. Bengals went from two and you know four uh, two and twelve or two and fourteen to a four win team, and then obviously in the playoffs and won the division this year. So that's kind of a, a blueprint for the Lions that I've talked about, and, and I love them. But you know the Titans, the one seed for a reason. You know they they're I love what they do in, in Nashville. They're really good at home, but it's it's a scary spread because I think the Titans might win this game, but it might be a one two or three point win. So the value to me in this game with the way the Bengals are playing and how they, they got the monkey off their back and they got that first playoff win since 1990, leaving my silly Lions as the, the longest drought in the NFL as far as winning a playoff game. I was 14 the last time they did it in 1991. But I like the Bengals plus the three and a hook here. I think it's going to be a close game. Obviously, it's the second ever playoff game for Joe Burrow. So a little nerves there on the road after being at home. But I like the three of the built-in hook there uh, right now uh, when, when it comes to the Bengals. All right, you and I on the same page for that matchup. What are your thoughts for Green Bay and San Francisco? This line going back and forth, we're kind of really waiting to get the official word about Jimmy G, but I guess right. the assumption would probably be that he's not going to be 100%, Dan, and the line seems to reflect that because now Green Bay's up to a six-point favorite. Totals come down to 47. That's really where my interests lie, but what area of betting are you focusing on for this matchup? Yeah, of all four games, this is the one I just don't like. And part of it, is, as you mentioned, is the Jimmy G factor. And, of course, you know, what they were able to do in Dallas last week, they almost gave it away. But the Niners, they just have this kind of momentum that has built over the last several weeks. And, and you got to feel good if you're a Niners backer getting six points. But the Jimmy G factor with the injury, uh, you know, obviously they got Trey Lance. But it's still, it's a playoff game and it's Lambeau Field. It's going to be frigid. The way I'm looking at this game, and you mentioned the total, and, and I, I, I'm with you on the total of 47.5 where you kind of maybe play on the under, especially with the Jimmy G, uh, you know, problems. But I'm looking at the Packers in teasers and, and teasing Green Bay down to even if this line goes to six and a half, you know, down to a half point. That's kind of what I'm looking at. I'm not going to go the other way and, and take San Fran up to 12 or 12 and a half or 13. I think that the Packers and some teasers, along with maybe the Bengals plus nine and a half and the other two games we'll get to where I like uh, the, the two dogs. Uh, that's what I'm looking at right now. I just, I don't, I don't, the spread seems to be exactly where it should be. I don't like the, that it's off a key number and I'm, I'm going to probably play some teasers with Green Bay, regardless of the Jimmy G status. All right. Well, Sunday's games, as you're alluding to, and teasers, I mean, these two games are in great teaser spots if you want to tease up the dog. But beginning with the Rams and the Bucks, this line was at three, and Dan, now it's gotten bet down to plus two and a half. So the Bucks are the home favorite. This is a team dealing with injuries throughout the course of the season and with Wirfs on the offensive line. We'll see what his status is going to be. Rams looked excellent on Monday night. Do you think that they continue it on Sunday against Tom Brady? Yeah, my boy Stafford finally gets that first playoff win. Not, not, not one of 13 years here in Detroit, but his first year with L.A., of course, he gets that monkey off his back. <laughs> uh, these two games are fascinating, Danny. I know we'll get to the Bills and Chiefs in a second, but you look at both those games and basically what the odds makers are saying is that the Rams – and the Bills are small favorites because you build in home field advantage. The Bucs get at least three or three and a half points. The Chiefs, which we'll get to, obviously get at least three or four because Arrowhead's one of the great buildings and home field advantages in all football. And this game with the Rams, and you look at what Stafford was able to do against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals were their own worst enemy, but Stafford, he played great. 
And if he doesn't turn the, the ball over and that Rams team against a Bucks offensive line, as you mentioned, that could have some issues, you know, the Antonio Brown saga. I mean, yes, they've got Gronkowski and they've got, you know, Mike Evans. They've got a ton of talent there. But it's one of these things where I just think the Rams are a live dog. I'm going to be playing them plus the three. I'm going to be playing them in teasers. And I'll probably have some small money line plays as well. Because I think if not one of these two teams between the Rams and the Bills are going to win outright, I think there's a chance that both of them do. And I think that Matthew Stafford continues to show that he just wasn't around the right pieces in Detroit because he's a really damn good quarterback. And I think they're going to go in there and get the defending champs on uh, on Sunday afternoon. All right, Dan. Then we got the Bills and the Chiefs. Buffalo catching that, too. They're also plus 114 on the money line. This total at 54 and a half, I'm sure. They're going to get all love to the over. I took both of these teams to win the Super Bowl, assuming whoever wins this matchup is going to represent the AFC, and then I'll have you do something from that point on. I'm kind of torn on which team I'm leaning towards, so I'm waiting to hear your thoughts on it. Well, Danny, like you're a very smart guy because you took the two teams that I, I would have. I had the Bills going back to, you know, over the summer. I mean, they were after I saw with Josh Allen and, the, and the, those guys did at the end of last year, and McDermott, just the way they're able to, you know, the, the top-level coaching that this team plays with. I, I'm all about the Buffalo Bills, and, and I know that line's down to two, and, you know, there was some two and a halfs out there. And basically, once again, like I said, it's that the Bills are almost a one or one and a half point favorite because they're on the road to Kansas City, which is a crazy tough place to win at and play. Remember, the Texans had that huge lead and KC came all the way back a couple years ago. So I love the Bills. I love Josh Allen. I love Diggs. I love the way that team is put together. I love the defense. The seven straight touchdowns last week uh, in that just embarrassing win for Belichick. And the Patriots probably going to force them to blow that whole defense up and rethink what they're doing there in New England without Tom Brady, of course. And I, I think the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl, Danny. I, I'm not going to change my pick now. I've had them going back to the summer, like I mentioned. I think they're going to go into Kansas City and force Mahomes into some early mistakes, control the line of scrimmage, and Josh Allen can take over from there with both his legs and his arms. Uh, I, I love the Bills in this game, even though it's only two points. I think they're going to win this game outright. All right, really quick, Dan. I, I just got to ask you a hypothetical. I mean, I'm not hoping this happens because I want you to win your bets naturally. But between the Rams, Bucks, Bills, and Chiefs matchups, you know, if you're looking to tease up the Rams and the Bills, I mean, if you're looking at the devil's advocate view saying the Bucks win, Chiefs win, which game do you think would more so have a chance of kind of screwing your teaser? I mean, could you see Tampa Bay winning and dominating more so or the Chiefs doing so if one of those teams were to win? I think that's a great question. And, and you know, it's funny. The, the Chiefs kind of with the, the play, you know, their big win last week. It's like, don't forget about us. You know, we're still really good. That you would think would be the game, but I think the Bills, too too good of a defense there. So the game that would scare yeah. me the most to ruin the teaser would be the Rams because Stafford, in, you know, not the only his, you know, fifth playoff game all time, only has won one. That game could get out of hand because the Bucs could look really good and it's Tom Brady. That's the one game that I would be the most nervous about. I would be more nervous about that game than I would be teasing out the Bills. I mean, the Bills game is definitely going to be a one-score game at worst. Yeah, I think you're right. Love the assessment. Dan, you're the man. Keep up the great work and keep winning those NFL picks. We'll look forward to talking more about it next week. Love you, Danny. 17 straight Aussie Open winners for the Squatch as well. Oh, baby, he's crushing it. Hey, get more of his content, folks. Host of the Detroit City Cast at DanLeach971 on Twitter. He has got you hooked up. Coming up next, more NFL coverage. Dave Ross, former Chicago media member, now out in Sin City, sharing some time with us and some picks. We'll hit that next. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The 
Vixen has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. You can get our all new Big Game Big Dance Special, which provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from right now through April 5th for only $69. And you can sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24 seven video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com along with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. That's VSIN.com slash big deal. Welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at DannyBurke5, the show at VEASAN Live on the tweets, and how about our next guest at Sports on Twitter. The man is a tweeting machine, and he's also great with making his NFL plays. Dave, uh, look, I know you're a little bit somber because, well, it's bittersweet, I guess. You crushed it with your picks, but the one that screwed you was your own faithful Dallas Cowboys, so I hope you're recovering from that. Uh, before we get in no. to these divisional round picks, Dave, I got to ask you, I mean, you spent plenty of time here in the Windy City. You know I've been ranting left and right about the Bears head coaching situation. Some of these odds that have been posted, now they get taken off pretty frequently, but I need to pick your brain about it. Flores is a short shot at 4-1 to one is what we were seeing recently at some books, along with Dable. Frazier plus 650, Harbaugh 7-1, Peterson 8-1, Eberflus, who they're asking for a second interview, was as long mm -hmm. as 12-1 to one yesterday. I mean, that's going to change. First things first, I know you and I are on the same page. Forget about Jim Harbaugh. I think we can both agree with that, despite the rumors of him getting a call already. But after everything you've heard, because I know you're still close to the Chicago media, mm -hmm. who would you have as the Bears' top candidates that would maybe be worth a flyer for some of these odds? Well, I, I do think Flores is the, is the rightful f uh, favorite at this point here, Danny. And it does make the most sense, right? And obviously, when you break up with somebody, sometimes you go next time around for a direct opposite. I can't imagine they go offense with this hire. And that's why I think a defensive-minded coach like Brian Flores makes sense. Eberflus is very interesting. When you do call somebody back for the second time, and I talked about this with Michael Lombardi today on the Lombardi line, normally when you do the second callback, Danny, it's about what's your staff going to look like? Who do you think you can reasonably get? Can you work with this quarterback? Are pieces in place that you already need? You start to really fine-tune whether or not you think this person would be the right fit. So Eberflus is certainly in the mix, and he fits the mold that I like for a defensive-minded coach. While I think Harbaugh is a strong favorite if he leads Michigan, which I don't think is likely, but if he does, I think that the biggest favorite is to come out here to the desert, to the to the Raiders. There is a small tie there, and and I don't know if he and Bill Polian, I don't believe they actually crossed paths in Indianapolis, but with Polian as the lead part of this search here, I think Harbaugh is worth that second call back because Harbaugh is so loyal that I think if the Raiders for some reason didn't work out and he really wanted to leave Michigan, which I don't think he wants to, the Chicago would be the only other place he might identify with. But I really do think it's Flores. Then I look at Eberflus, and I think the long shot in this equation would be Jim Harbaugh. But I do think they go defense, Danny. I really don't think they're going to go back to another offensive-minded guy. All right, Dave, and then I got to ask you about your Cowboys. I mean, everybody's freaking out about Mike McCarthy and the play call oh. that Kellen Moore, you know, he put it out there. It was green-lighted by McCarthy. Now McCarthy's saying uh, him and Jerry Jones had a conversation, nothing but positive. But I need to hear your thoughts on everything. I mean, I'm sure you ranted on it. The play call, McCarthy, do you love him? Do you want him to go? I, what, what is your sentiment around this team after that game? You know, if you asked me yesterday, Danny, when I had 48 hours that kind of calmed down from the end of that game, I would have said, hey, if Jerry wants to bring back the whole gang, 
That's great. And then when you looked at the press conference today, I said, is he trying to get fired? Like, that's the, really the, the takeaway I had today. Does he not want this job? When you say, you know what, I sense that we're a little bit nervy before the game. Do something about it. You're the head coach. Your job is to calm these guys, get down and get them ready. They were still more, uh, to me, more talented than San Francisco. I felt like was on the right side of the handicap here, the only one I missed all weekend. And yet they go out and lay an egg. So to me, I don't think this is over by a long shot. Some of the people that I really trust, you know, the uh, the Matt Mosleys and the Ed Warders of the world that are really plugged in to Dallas, they're saying this isn't done. This It's not a guarantee slam dunk that Mike McCarthy comes back. Look, Danny, here's the bottom line. The most important coach right now on that staff is Dan Quinn. If they lose Dan Quinn, then I say blow it all up. And if you lose Kellen Moore, that's fine too. And then I would really look to some people like Todd Bowles down there in Tampa Bay what he's done with that defense for the last two years, then respect that man would command from a 53-man locker room. So, look, if if it's really McCarthy, they can't hold on to Quinn, then McCarthy really doesn't have the value. If you keep the whole group together, then maybe I'll be okay with running this back. But this is not over by a long shot in Dallas. Man, it's going to be a fun offseason for so many teams. We'll see the direction a lot of these squads, including both of ours, I'm will trying go to during keep my this offseason. I know, right? You know, you're doing a good job of it. You know, we need to get you Thank your you. own city cast so you can scream about it like I do for the Bears. Uh, Dave, the team that did the feature, uh, Dallas Cowboys, look, they got a tough matchup this weekend, and they may not have a healthy quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo still looks like he will start but could be banged up. And San Fran's catching six in this spot. Total is at 47. I know you're kind of looking at a different way to approach this game, but looking at the side of Green Bay, is that correct? I do, and I like them in a tease scenario here. Obviously, there's not many ways. I, I like the Bills possibly as a dance partner, and certainly the Cincinnati Bengals to tease this down to the Packers to make it an Al Davis just win, baby, type game at a pick here. But I, I actually don't mind laying the six. And the way I look at this thing, Danny, is the, the three guys not named Debo Samuel that you really need to have if you're San Francisco are Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And all those guys are iffy at best. Warner looks like he's going to be able to go, but that looked like a bad ankle injury he had at, that, at the end of the Dallas game there. Bosa's still not cleared in concussion protocol. So even if he can go, is he really still going to be Nick Bosa? And yes, Jimmy G looks like he's going to start. But with a bad shoulder and a bad hand, and sometimes he's just bad, I don't think that's a great combination going into a game where I'm only getting six against Green Bay. Because look, they're, they're rested. Jair Alexander looks like he's going to be able to go. The Smith brothers, for the first time in a long time, look like they're going to be able to go to, together. So the pass rush should be better. Uh, they struggled to run the ball the first time these two teams played. And I know Eliza Mitchell wasn't really a part of it the first time around in that San Francisco loss. Mitchell is banged up as well. So there's so many question marks with San Francisco that have to go right for them. And you know what that normally is? Turnovers. They got one from Dak Prescott, immediately turned that into a Debo Samuel touchdown. You know what Aaron Rodgers doesn't do? Turn it over. So if you expect another relatively clean game from Garoppolo, I know he gave away the late one to Anthony Brown. You can't do that to the, to the Packers because they won't give you the Dak Prescott turnover. So to me, it's really a hard sell for me to find San Francisco, even with the six, that they play a perfect game. Maybe the advantage they have is Robbie Gould right, uh, Robbie Gould right now over uh, Mason Crosby. But even as good as Gold can be, Crosby seems to come up big in these type of situations. He did it to San Francisco with that 50-plus yarder to win it late in regulation. So to me, 
it's really a hard sell plus the six. I like the Niners, love them in the tees, but I really don't mind laying the six overall. All right, I know you mentioned the Bengals briefly as potentially that dancing partner to tease up and pair it with teasing down Green Bay. Now, in terms of the spread right now, three and a half is what we're seeing, total at 47. What's kind of your general consensus of how you think this game's going to go down with Tennessee coming off the elongated bye? Yeah, I, the, the reason why I like them in a tease scenario here, and it, I think it's a field goal game, right? And I, I mean, look, it's hard to find those exactas, but if you want to take Tennessee uh, to win by three, I actually don't think that's a bad pick. But I think the Bengals will be well within the reach of uh, clearly nine and a half. And I, and I do like the Bengals getting the three and a half here in what should be a field goal game. The offensive line, can the O-line hold up? It did a decent job against the Raiders, good enough to cover the number last week against Las Vegas. Can they do it a second week in a row at Tennessee? I don't know if they can do it for the whole game, but I think they can do it enough. And I think what Burrow is doing better, and it's what Tom Brady does. I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady. But it's back foot, get the football out. Don't hold on to it too long to allow that pass rush to get there. And he's got weapons, as we know, the tight end position, and they have just a wealth of riches at the wide receiver position and Joe Mixon out of the backfield to save on some sacks for Joe Burrow. So I think this is the type of game where I think they can at least keep it within a field goal and certainly within nine and a half as long as they don't turn it over. And I know Derrick Henry is going to be back, and Michael Lombardi believes, hey, when you when you play, and you get green light go, they're going to use him at full capacity. And so even in a limited possessions game, I don't think that hurts Cincinnati's value here because if you're going to equal out those possessions and you don't turn it over, give me the points, certainly give me the nine and a half. All right, Dave Ross, folks, I love it. Love the assessment on all the games. Dave, best of luck not only with those bets, but dealing with the uh, debacle that is Mike McCarthy. I was just looking at Edward's <laughs> tweets about him feeling that nervousness See? during the pregame prayer. So, yeah, probably not what you want to hear. After <laughs> uh, It's ridiculous. You don't I mean, say it out know. loud, Danny. Don't <laughs> tell the media that. You keep that. You internalize uh, that. You talk to your coaching staff, not the media. <laughs> Oh, no kidding. Oh, Dave. All right. Well, we'll let you go punch some walls in your apartment. You know what? Don't go too crazy. But, hey, we're doing the same thing here, so it's okay if I say it. But love it, Dave. Thank you for making some time as always, folks. Follow him on Twitter at Sports. Catch him multiple shows right here on VCD Sports Betting Network. Coming up next, we got Danny's Dimes coming. A bet in the NBA and NFL. Stick with us. Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combination. Must be 21, gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Colorado, 1-800-522-4700, Michigan, 1-800-270-7117, one 532-3500 in Virginia, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF, Playbill in New Jersey, has play Sugar House, Boyd, where prohibited. 
Okay, it is that time, ladies and gents. Final segment here on Rush Hour, which means it is time for Danny's Dimes. And uh, we've got to play in basketball. We've got to play in the NFL. We talked about the NFL one a little bit yesterday, but now we're making it official. But here we go. My best bets for tonight and beyond tonight with Danny's Dimes on Rush Hour. We start in the NBA, going to that Bulls and Cavs game, a big one. For Chicago, who has been struggling as of late, they're on a four-game losing streak, and they're playing a Cavs team that has been on the opposite trajectory, a five-game winning streak for this Cavaliers squad, who not only has been the hotter team, but they dismantled the Bulls big time earlier this season. And it could happen again, because in that situation, the Bulls were banged up going into Cleveland, and that's pretty much the same story, right? In that past game, they didn't have Kobe White. They didn't have DeRozan in that game. I think they were missing someone else, but those were the two, you know, names that could at least help offensively. And in this game, well, you're getting Alex Caruso back, right? But at the same time, his minutes are going to be restricted. I mean, that has been made announced, and that is just expected when you're coming off such a long layoff, and you're already missing Levine. You're already missing Lonzo Ball. You're still missing Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., Patrick Williams from the start of the season. You are missing a handful of guys that contribute both ways, but specifically on the defensive side of the floor. Now, Nick Whalen alluded to this at the beginning of the show, but Chicago's defense was really stout at the beginning of the year. They started falling, 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 and now they are one of the worst defenses in the league. So that's why this game, I'm diverting my attention to the Cavaliers team total. So the number around all the shops seemed to be about 108 and a half. Ideally, I would have liked it at 108 or lower, but I still think 108 and a half betting this thing over is still a viable play. So Cleveland now overall this season, they're not the most dominant offense. They're not even the most consistent, but they have had spurts where they've looked great. Also including the first go around against Chicago, but overall they rank 17th in offensive points per 100 possessions at 110 and a half. In offensive effective field goal percentage, they rank 12th and the exact number 53.5%. Now, the Bulls defensively, this is their overall stats, not just as of late where they've absolutely been terrible, but overall this season, they rank 18th defensively in points per possession, allowing their opponents 111, and 18th also in defensive effective field goal percentage at 53%. So with this number also at 108.5, the Bulls have allowed opponents over this mark in 22 out of 42 games. And more recently, they've allowed opponents over it in the last seven out of ten games. It's been a mess for the Bulls defensively. It's been a mess for them offensively, too. I consider playing the Bulls team total under, but I have a little bit more conviction with the Cavs being able to score enough. So, again, the Bulls have allowed opponents over this the last seven out of ten games. The Cavaliers overall this season have eclipsed 108.5 team total points in 21 out of 45 games. But more recently, they've gone over that the last five out of six games themselves. And again, the reason I wanted 108, I mean, both of these teams have actually fallen on 108 kind of a decent amount, so I was hoping for that a little bit. Personally, I actually did, you know, take a little piece of 106 and a half, laid like minus 145 at a different shop out here. But again, I still think we're safe at 108 and a half. I think you get Cleveland to at least get 110 points in this game. I mean, the total went down originally. It's kind of bumping back up in favor of the total going over at about 215 or so. Got down to as low as 214, 214 and a half. 
So it's going to be a big game for both teams, but at the end of the day, I just don't think the Bulls have what it takes. I'm hoping they win. Don't get me wrong, folks, but I think if we're looking at it objectively, and I'm saying we as us here in the Chicagoland area, you got to recognize that despite Caruso being back in the mix as one of your better defenders, his minutes are going to be limited, so Cleveland should be able to take care of business and get the thing done. So I think the way I'm going to approach it is bet their team total over 108.5 tonight at the United Center against the Bulls. Moving on to the NFL and speaking of totals, so this is kind of annoying right now if I'm being quite honest because we were talking about this game yesterday. I'm like, look, I'm going to wait to see if this thing's going to go to 48 because it was trending that way, but it went the opposite direction. So the 49ers and Packers is a game that I'm alluding to. The spread open five, you've seen that go up to six. The total open 47 and a half, it was shaded to the over. So I was thinking maybe get 48. And then this morning, it was at minus 110 still each way. And I'm like, all right, I, I think I better bet this now sooner rather than later. And I did buy up to 48. So I bet the total under 48 at minus 118. Again, now consensus is about 47. Now, I will say if you still want to get the 48, Bet Rivers has the best number, minus 124. If you want to do 48 and go to the under as opposed to like minus 130s elsewhere. But I think you're probably still pretty safe at about 47. But I, like I was saying, I was waiting for that 48. So I was comfortable laying about eight cents more at the minus 118. And I don't even hate if you wanted to do the minus 124. But look, the reason I like this total going under is because the more we're progressing throughout this week, I think the more uncertainty and realistic chance that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to be 100% is going to come to fruition. So I think that obviously is going to hinder the chances of offensive success out of San Francisco, a team that, yes, can have offensive success, but it's not typically correlated with Jimmy Garoppolo. He definitely has his flashes where he can look really solid, but the way that the 49ers are going to look to approach this game, whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo is 100% or even playing, is to run the ball. The Packers' weakness defensively is the run game. Their run defense is not great. You saw what Cleveland did. I think that's a prime example of how the 49ers are going to approach it. They also rank 28th in DVOA run defense. So if San Francisco already with a hurt quarterback in an offensive philosophy that's going to run the ball, what is that going to equate to? Well, probably a lower scoring affair for the San Francisco team. And hey, maybe they still get the job done offensively. Maybe they're still able to execute into the red zone. It's going to be methodical. They're going to take time off of the clock. So that's going to be a shorter scoring affair on the side of San Francisco. Now, when you look at Green Bay, why may they not score enough in this game? Well, San Francisco overall, we know, has a really solid defense. I think we can all agree on that, especially up front. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be the MVP of this league, and he is going to dominate in this game at one point or another with his connections of Devontae Adams. And now you're getting Randall Cobb back as much as you want to factor that into account, but people are making a big fuss about it on Twitter. Just another added weapon in his arsenal. But the 49ers do slack a little bit in their secondary. 16th is what they rank in DVOA. So I do think Rodgers will have these big plays, and it's going to be the difference in this game, which will probably lead to a Packers victory. But I don't think it's going to be consistent, per se. I don't think it's going to be huge plays that necessarily just are quick scoring, and he's doing it on every other possession. I think it's going to be maybe one, you know, every half. There will be one big play in each half, let me say, that will be the defining difference for the Packers offense. So I think it is going to be that slower-paced game. It's already going to be a colder game, which I know it doesn't really affect the total, but the winds could be about 10 miles per hour, which is kind of that threshold where you got to have it in terms of handicapping impact the total to some degree. And it's just 
getting deeper into the postseason. The nerves are going up. The anticipation is going up. You're playing more timid. You don't want to be the guy to make the big explosive mistake. So everybody's going to be playing a little bit more conservative, perhaps. And you've seen this total move down now. Maybe it goes back up to 47 and a half, depending on the news of Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think if you still want to get involved, 47 would be the lowest I would play it. Again, I bought up to 48, and you could do it to minus 124 right now at Bet Rivers. I don't hate that whatsoever. I do think it's going to be lower scoring at Lambeau with the Packers and the 49ers. Plus, when you look at what this total set at 48, uh, Green Bay has stayed under that uh, in a majority of the games, 10 out of 17 this season. San Fran's got a record of 8-8-2, eight, eight and two, so they've pushed twice at the number of 48. So something to consider when looking to bet that game. But that's what I got in terms of the NFL thus far, betting under 48, minus 118 was the price with Green Bay and San Francisco. And then with another total, but tonight and in the NBA, got the Cavs team total over 108.5 tonight against the Chicago Bulls. But tomorrow we'll have plenty more in terms of handicapping the NFL. I'll probably add another play or two. We'll see. And if not tomorrow, then I'll definitely have something on Friday. But I also want to get more into the futures on the week-to-week -week basis that's available at Bet Rivers because we talked about it before last week. I mean, you can bet who's going to have the most receiving yards, rushing yards, passing yards. So maybe we'll update that a little bit tomorrow and just some other unique props that you can look in terms of the NFL futures for this specific week. So you can bet the highest scoring team. You can bet the lowest scoring team. And some of those are worthy of an intriguing conversation. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more so tomorrow. And we'll get some more hockey games back in the mix. Tough loss last night, but shout out to Andy McNeil for calling that right with the Flames. Looking to bounce back in both regard. And hey, maybe we'll get college basketball too. We started off 1-0 with the Badgers last night. Or maybe I'll just retire on top. Who knows? But we'll talk to you then. Thank you to everybody for joining in. Best of luck with all your wagers tonight. And take care, folks.